Raising nice Christian offspring by your church attendance, the way you dress or don't dress, the way you cut your hair or don't, the words and expressions you use or don't use, the schools you attend or don't attend, the movies you see or don't see, the amount of scripture you can quote, the version of the Bible you read, and the kinds of treats you give out for Halloween, if you participate at all. The problem with this form of parenting is not in the things these parents either do or don't do. For the most part, these are well-meaning people trying to make good choices, but they make them for the wrong reasons. Doing good things for wrong reasons consistently bring unfavorable results. Unfortunately, kids can tell when we are living by a checklist rather than trusting in God to lead us. The fourth style of parenting is high-control parenting. There is a vast difference between parents who keep their children under control and parents who control them. High-control parenting happens when we leverage the strength of our personality against our children's weaknesses to get them to meet our selfish agenda. This form of parenting is fueled by a combination of toxic fear, toxic anger, toxic bondage, toxic shame, and toxic strength. What's sad is how prevalent this form of parenting is in Christian homes. What makes it so difficult to address is the fact that the last people to see themselves as parenting this way are the very parents who are most guilty of using it as their primary mode of overseeing their kids. High-control parents are blind to how they are treating their children because high-controllers can always morally justify every move they make. And because they're so convinced that their controlling tendency is right, they can't see how destructive its effect is on their children. High-control parenting brings out the worst in children. So high-control parents ultimately get frustrated with the result of their parenting efforts, but are usually the last to figure out that they are primarily at fault. The fifth style of parenting is what I call herd mentality parenting. These are parents who follow the crowd. If the crowd is overscheduling their kids with sports, extracurricular activities, and every event the church has to offer, they do too. These parents aren't known for thinking as individuals. Instead, they follow the fads and how they eat, dress, vacation, educate their kids, play, and worship. Rather than pray for guidance and study each of their children to determine what is best for that child, they look around and parent like everyone else is doing. The sixth style of parenting I see is duct tape parenting. Rather than figure out how to fix their parenting issues, these families cope by patching their problems. Temporary solutions are sought when crises arrive. These parents are usually running on empty, too busy, too many bills, and too focused on the immediate rather than the permanent. And then there's the last style of parenting I see, life support or 911 parenting. These homes are much like the duct tape families, but with the added feature that a particular crisis is dominating their focus. They may be consumed with a medical or economic challenge, or the crisis may be the result of a deterioration or collapse of their marriage. Sometimes these parents have had a short-changed childhood or a painful past and have serious wounds to their heart. Fear actually runs through all of these methods of parenting. Some of these methods can fake moms or dads out into thinking that they're actually on target, but the proof is in the product. For the most part, these methods are no fun for parents and steal a lot of joy from their kids. We all recognize that there are some things about parenting that will never be fun and aren't supposed to be. But for the most part, a home should be a place that brings the best out of everyone and grooms children for confident and effective adulthood.
All of the parenting styles I've mentioned have this in common. They are all the result of a parent's theology. Their theology is a combination of the way they view God and the way they think he views them. If we have flawed theology regarding God's attitude towards us, it can automatically create a chain reaction of flawed decisions in how we raise our children. It can also set up the children to miss the joy of God, the heart of God, and the power of God in their personal lives. This is a recipe for the child to rebel and reject a parent's primary belief system. Two overarching attitudes mark these defective parenting styles, and both are the result of missing the major message of God's grace that permeates Scripture. Let me frame these two attitudes before I offer a much better alternative. A clear understanding of these two defective attitudes, which I call judgmental parents and legalistic parents, will also help you as we reference them throughout the rest of the